so this afternoon session we're going to talk a little bit about <coughs> balance and uh, balancing our spiritual lives, our spiritual commitments and all the other things that, that go on in life. Um, we know that in the context of Guru Tattva, in a sense you could say there's disciple tattva. What's the truth of being a disciple? Of course, first and foremost, being a disciple means accepting that our position is that we're servants. Servants of the Guru, of our Guru, servant of the Parampara. And tomorrow I've got one session I'm going to be looking at... Um, Serving the Guru in terms of uh, Vani Seva, instructions, Vapu Seva, the physical body manifestation of the spiritual master, and also mission of the spiritual master. How do, how do those three interplay? But for now I want to talk more a little bit about briefly the mood of service and also some of the practical challenges that might come in that. Um, anybody ever had any... Probably not this group, I shouldn't ask, but by chance anybody ever had a challenge in your devotional service at all? (laughs) Obviously you're laughing, that means the question is just utterly foolish and no one's ever had that. But uh, So I'll speak for myself, for my own personal benefit today. I've had some challenges in my devotional service. So... When we think about the mood of devotional service for a minute, um, we're instructed by Lord Chaitanya to chant the holy name in, in what mood? What's the mood when we chant the holy name? A few things come to mind. What's one? Right, like a child crying for its mother in a very helpless frame of mind. Also, it's said that when we chant the holy name, we should feel ourselves to be what? Yes, more taller than a tree, right? More humble than a blade of grass, right? Lower than the blade of grass. Okay, and then we're also, it's explained that when we become devotees, we should serve Krishna. Like if you go to work, basically they ask you for, what, 40 hours a week, right? Unless you're maybe a new medical doctor, a new lawyer, then they want 80 or 90, right? Something like that, right? If you're an IT person... I don't know what they ask. But uh, if you become a devotee, what's the general instruction we're given? How many hours a day? 24. 24. Okay, so that takes it up a notch or two. <laughs> right? And then I just heard again the other day in a lecture, Prabhupada was... Uh, the lectures, maybe it was in a Vyasa Buja offering, someone was describing Prabhupada, at least on one occasion, he uh, held his knee bag, his, his, excuse me, his bead, his neck beads, and said, what did he say, this is like what? This is our dog collar. Okay, that takes, takes it up a notch. Right, and the most famous verse, verse of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says you should abandon a few varieties of religion. Right? <laughs> Right? Abandon a few dharmas, but keep keep some in your pocket, right? That, what is, he doesn't say that, right? Abandon all, right? And then elsewhere, the Bhagavad Gita, yat karosi rasnasi, you should do what for him? A few things? Everything for him. Okay, so we're supposed to do everything for him. We're supposed to give up everything for him. We're supposed to have be like a dog with a dog collar 24 hours a day, be like a blade of grass, and a child crying for its mother. So what do we do after that week's list is accomplished, right? You know, then what? So these, these are very high aspirations. And, of course, we understand that these 
these these are instructions coming directly from Krishna. This is Lord Chaitanya revealing his own mind. This is Prabhupada revealing his realization. And these are the the natural moods that evolve. We we try practicing these things in the beginning, but they evolve naturally as we awaken our love for Krishna. But before that love is awakened entirely, before we become self-realized, these are things we work on. This is sudden bhakti. We're trying to develop this mood. We're trying to develop this level of intensity. <clears throat> but until we're at that stage, um, you could look at this and, and, and kind of think, okay, 24 hours a day, give up everything, do it only for Krishna. Um, be so tolerant, so surrendered. It kind of sounds at the least like sannyas life, doesn't it? You know, sarva dharma prijag. Yeah, okay, where's my danda? Where's my orange? Sorry, ladies, better luck next time. Right? You, you, you might kind of draw that conclusion. Um, or if not sannyas life, it certainly sounds like a lot of anxiety in life. If I'm supposed to give 24 hours a day, well, okay, I, I, I have to sleep at least four hours a day, right? So what a nonsense I am. We, we, might, we might kind of think like that. Um, if not an anxious life, at least a guilty life, isn't it? I've known at least one or two Vaishnavs in my experience that have experienced maybe one or two moments of guilt in their entire adult life. Maybe I should be doing more, right? We generally, we hear a lot about Catholic guilt, Jewish guilt. There's also Vaishnav guilt, you know. So, um, well, how does that line up? Because Prabhupada said, a beautiful expression, Prabhupada said, become Krishna conscious and enjoy life with a thrill at every moment. Right? And Prabhupada also, many places, Prabhupada said, Krishna conscious life is a joyful life. He said you should measure yourself by you know how much joy if you if you feel joy in your life then you're making progress in spiritual life. So you know sometimes we may think well such a high standard and if you're at that level you're feeling so much happiness and and, and kind of like what's wrong with me? So this is why the question of of balance and and as Prabhupada says so many times I've never done a search on the database it'd be interesting how many times Prabhupada uses the word gradual, isn't it? He was talking about that earlier today. He uses that word so many times. In fact, I was reading the other day in the, in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada actually uses, he says, therefore, by the slow process of Krishna consciousness. And I was thinking, wow, now there's a purport. He's talking directly about me. You know, the slow process of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada's talking to me right there. Yeah, some of us are a little slower than others. And he, I'm right there, slow process. So he generally says gradual process, but sometimes he says slow. So how do we balance, if you will, all these different instructions for a very high level of commitment? And how do we... Fairly high level of renunciation. Um, sometimes most of the devotees here are grahastas, not everybody, but um, those those of us that live in the grahasta ashram, sometimes this anxiety may come. Can we turn these fans on too, or that's just for the advanced devotees to get the fans <laughs> on them? It's supposed to have compassion on people here, you know? Yeah, possible? I don't know if they work, but if they can. They don't work? No. Okay, all right. That sometimes when you give class, they say you're in the hot seat. Now I understand what that means. I never understood that before. 
Okay. So sometimes we see uh, in in our movement. Um, Let's say Grasta or Brahmacharis too, but let's we can use Grasta example. Sometimes we may even kind of think that you know my uh, being a Grahasta is an obstacle, or, or or these two, you know, my my husband's an obstacle in my spiritual life. I feel guilty. I have to take away from my service to to the Guru or to Prabhupada or to the mission. Uh, my job's an obstacle, and we may develop some kind of negative feelings about those things. Sometimes we see even can cause some damage in relationships. Um, we know in the early years of our movement, hopefully we've got over this phase entirely, but um, maybe some tendency to still think like this. Um, in the early years we had some problems because sometimes in the, in the endeavor to give our lives entirely to Krishna, people minimize responsibilities to their, to their children and with a tremendous detriment to some of those young people and to the society. So then we're going to discuss that a little bit during this session. How do we deal with this high level of demands and then the reality of other things that are often placed to demand on us in life? And I was thinking, um, first of all, let me just ask a question. Um, raise your hand if you've ever felt stressed. Now, if I was Vaishesha Kapoor, I would put a Bhagavad Gita in your hand. <laughs> and sell a lot of books right now. But uh, I forgot my book bag, and as he says, the more you show, the more you sell. So I'm not going to have any effect. I can't, because I... There's not even one under here. There's an old video. But anyway, so so all of us, we feel stressed. But Prophet says, uh, at least from time to time, we feel some stress in our life. So where does that come from? Where does, that, where does that stress come from? What are some places stress comes from? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the number one culprit. Yes, the number one culprit. Okay, the mind is there. What are some other places where stress comes from as devotees? Maybe we can write these down. Can somebody, would you mind? Okay, for our mind, sometimes puts some pressure, makes us feel stressed. Sometimes the doership mentality you think that you need to do instead of attending. Okay. Okay, good. Maybe, maybe let's do a whole, uh, just in case. So where does the stress comes from the mind? Sometimes we forget that Krishna's in control, huh? Anybody remember that Krishna's in control this morning at all? Have we, you know, in terms of how often we forget, have we remembered? Okay. So the mind's the source of some problems. Sometimes we forget that Krishna's in control. That's kind of you. Thank you. What are some other things that cause us to feel stressed? Or and our expectations are not going to match reality. Okay. Unmet expectations. Yeah. I read one time in a like a marriage counseling book. It said marriage is the great equalizer. You know, you think you are the most handsome or beautiful woman in the world, and then you get married and you realize, anyway, what your limitations are. Um, what are some other? Yes, I'm approval. He's a lawyer. He knows a lot about stress. Taking and giving, right? Uh, things. And states of mind that you can't get that you want, or that you have that you're worried you're going to lose, and those things and states of mind are other than Krishna and Krishna consciousness. 
Okay, so particularly, so the mind again, but particularly about things that we're trying to keep, if I heard you right, or things that we're wanting to get. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, yeah, without the Christian perspective. So in a sense, it's kind of hankering or lamenting without keeping Krishna there. Okay, very good. Yes, Prabhu. I'm sorry, we're arranging the fan here. A little louder? Other living entities. Other living entities cause us stress. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. So it's not all our mind's fault, in other words. It's, uh, yes. What kind of other living entities? Can you be more specific, Govinda Pro? It's true. Sometimes children, sometimes the boss, sometimes the spouse, sometimes the mother, mother-in-law, father-in-law, third cousin, auntie, uncle, the neighbor next door. Yes, so many. Okay, so many living entities cause us stress. What are some other things that cause us stress? Pretty good list so far. Yes, Prabhu. Like thing is just meeting expectations. Okay. So, so it's high expectations. You get that? Similar? Yeah. Unmet. Unmet expectations. Yeah, we're expecting some things. Yeah. Okay, those are good. Um, I need a, a, a grahasta couple to volunteer for a demonstration. <laughs> Is your wife here, Prabhu? Okay, can you come forward? I've never done this before, but we're going to try something new. Okay. Now this is going to be one of those things they say, don't try this at home. Okay. One more time. 
What happened the first time? He was grounded, pretty steady, stable, and she didn't hit him too hard. But if she had hit him hard, it still would have been tough, right? The second time, he's on one foot, and he's still the same big tough guy. She's still the humble Vaishnavi, feeling uncomfortable with the pillow. But one little tap, and what happened? He was knocked out, right? He was knocked off of his balance. So, Bhaktanod Thakur, he gave a nice example for us. He said that life is like a railroad track, spiritual life. Our practice as devotees, it's, it's, it's like a railroad track. And these days they have unirail, but in his day, how many tracks were there on every train? Jai Shri Saradhamana. How many tracks? Two tracks, right? And he described that one track is our material life and one track is our spiritual life. And if a train is going down the track, and it happens a lot these days, you hear about in the newspaper, something goes wrong and one track goes away or goes the wrong direction. or If you lose one track, what happens to the train? It derails, right? Crashes. So he said in the same way, in life, we have our material needs and we have our spiritual needs and they both have to be in place in order for the train to proceed, in order for us to proceed in life. So the same way sometimes we see in our, in our, in our lives, we have our material necessities, which we're meant to simplify, but not ignore. Sometimes we try to ignore those things or forget about that material track, then life derails. And similarly, if we minimize or ignore the spiritual practices, what modern world's mostly doing, they're focusing only on the material side of life, but they're not successful. And Bhaktanod Thakuri said something also very interesting. He said, just like if you stand on the track, if you look off in the distance, what happens to the two tracks? Eventually they become one. Eventually there's no difference between the two of them. So as we become more and more advanced in our spiritual life, it's not so much a question of the material side of life, the spiritual side of life. They naturally, because they're balanced properly, they come together. And so we want to talk a little bit about this, the importance of balance and maintaining both the spiritual and the secular, the material priorities in our life, because they're both important. Um, another example about, um, about balance if you think about the example of a ship, right? Sometimes it's described we're trying to cross the ocean of material existence, right? Not an easy thing to do. So and there's a description, you know, the ship is a human body, the sails are the, uh, the favorable winds of the Vedic literatures, the spiritual master is the rudder who's giving us direction, keeping us on track. So if you think that analogy of a, of a boat, before a big ship takes off, they have to be very, very careful that the, the cargo is balanced properly, isn't it? If you think sometimes maybe, I remember as a 
childlike scene like some of those movies when they used to tie cargo down before the big old wooden boats. And you think about how can a how can a boat or a big ship if 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 usually you throw something in 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 the water, an object, most of the time it'll sink. Even wood flows, but none of there's too much weight on it. But somehow by the design of the ship, it can actually go across. Even huge metal ships can go across the ocean as long as they're balanced. If they get out of balance, like, again, this analogy, remember seeing one of these kind of films where they've got all the t- cargo tied down and there's a big storm, the ship's going back and forth, and everything's fine until one of the ropes starts to fray. And when the rope frays, it gets weak and then it breaks. And then all the cargo starts going from one side over to the other side, over to the other side. And eventually what happens? The ship goes down because it's, it's gotten out of balance. It's completely gotten out of balance. As long as the ship's in balance, it can go through the most difficult situation. Just like he was in balance, and I mean, we could have had five guys up here with heavy pillows or whatever. Push, he probably would have stayed he would have been okay, would have been solid. But just because he's not balanced, because he's out of balance, then very easy to, to put him out of the way. So, as devotees, we have many, many different kind of responsibilities in life that pull us, that put stress on us, and uh, make life a little bit difficult for us sometimes. So they, they seem to do that. But actually... Um, if we know how to keep those things in balance, then just like the ship, we can cross the ocean of material life easily. Now, keeping in balance, that's the challenge. How do we keep everything properly in balance? As we know, Bhakti Thakur, let's, let's say, what is, we, you mentioned earlier, Goldman, what were some of those things you said, some of the pressures we have? Right, what were some of those entities? <laughs> the boss... Spouse, kids, neighbors, pressures with the house, right? Paying the bills, all those kind of things. There's a beautiful prayer from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I actually, in, in our house, we actually have it cut out, actually printed it on our wedding invitation. Uh, this prayer from Bhaktivinoda Thakur about, um, some of you may know it, it's from Sharanagati, I believe, where he says, This house, it's not my house. And the children, they're not my children, and the wife's not my wife. Actually, I'm just your maidservant, and I'm taking care of all these things for you. Therefore, I'm taking on the responsibility of your house. So as devotees, as, as disciples, you know, we understand this is not my wife, it's not my house, they're not my kids. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have responsibility. We do have responsibility. We do have responsibility. And sometimes we think, oh, I mean, sometimes we hear devotees even say, oh, yeah, the house is just Maya, or this responsibility is Maya, or going to work is Maya. And it's not. Those things aren't Maya. When when does it become Maya? When does it become illusion? When we forget Krishna, okay, or a little more specifically, when what? Okay, when we don't dovetail those activities in Krishna consciousness. Okay, good. Another way of saying when we start thinking that it's my house. Right? My house, my wife, my kids, my job, my bank balance, my promotion. 
all of that. That that's when the illusion comes in. As Bhaktivinotakur said, and of course all the great acharyas explained this, when we're actually thinking, no, this belongs to Krishna, and I should use whatever I have in Krishna's service, then it actually, uh, as Prabhupada says, becomes spiritualized. Then those very same things become the source of our spiritual advancement. As we know, I know many of you here are doing that. When when the house, when we have a house and we use it for preaching purposes, it's a source of spiritual advancement. When there's a healthy uh, relationship, a Krishna conscious relation between a, a husband and a wife, that relationship becomes a source of spiritual advancement. Uh, with a relationship with children, when it's Krishnaized, becomes a source of spiritual advancement as well as you know the, the rewards that we get of these things in, in ordinary terms. So. How do we, we made a list of some of these things here, how to deal with some, with some, some stress or things out of balance. Let's brainstorm a little bit, then we're going to do a couple exercises. What are some ways that as devotees that we can deal with this stress from the mind, from our tendency to control, from the pressure of unmet expectations, the mind lamenting, hankering, us forgetting Krishna, other living entities, like that. What are some of the what are some responses we can do? You want to write again? Here. What are some things we can do to address these as devotees? A lot of things. What are some? Atma, you're so inspired today. Go on Sankirtan. Go on Sankirtan. How does that help us? Because, because uh, when you go if you actually absorb yourself in the process of Sankirtan, meaning Congregational chanting of the holy name, especially the Board of Allah, and including the distribution of Shil Prabhupada's books. Then, when you do it properly, then, then you are letting Krishna, uh, then, you're, then you're focusing only on the, the eternal sound of Krishna's holy name, or letting Krishna speak through you as you share Krishna's name with other people. In this way, you transcend all temporary positive stress. That was quite a detailed, how does that work? That was good. <laughs> Thank you. So by going on Sankirtan, in essence, it injects us into a spiritual consciousness of chanting, hearing the holy name, distributing Prabhupada's book, speaking the philosophy. So good. One way to relieve the stress and the pressure on us. Or sometimes, we'll talk about that later, sometimes we may think, I can't go in Sangatan, it's just too much pressure. We'll talk about that later. But this is one very good way of relieving the pressure, the stress on us. What's another way? Yes? You can tell yourself that uh, what the suffering that you're receiving due to your past needs and actually Christian mitigate the past majority Okay. Okay, okay. All right. So remember that Krishna is ultimately looking after us and whatever difficulty we're having it's it's less than we deserve. Okay? Which again could put more pressure on us if we weren't thinking about it in the right way. But yeah, also very important. Good point. Yes. Remembering Krishna. How does that help us? Okay. 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 
So maybe I should remember Krishna as the universal form grinding everyone down with his teeth? Or any particular way I should try to remember Krishna? The beautiful form of Krishna. Also, sometimes it might help to remember, okay, it is, the, it is the nature of this world that's grinding my materialistic consciousness down. But ultimately, to remember Krishna, he's my, he's my friend, right? He's my protector. Okay? Some other things. Yes, Matthew. Very good. Associate with devotees. Very important. Very important. What is he? Sometimes it's just a very practical thing, just taking pause. And it can be uh, as simple as taking some extra rest, you know, slowing down and pausing and uh, reflecting. Uh, even just doing that, you can, can relax the body. Okay. Doing that also sometimes. Okay. Sometimes just taking some time to address our... Our body, our, our body needs a little time or our mind needs a little time. Is that Maya to do that? No. You sure? <laughs> okay, good. Okay. What does Krishna say in the Bhagavad Gita? One who is moderate in their habits of what? Eating, sleeping, working, and recreation, recreating. So that's part of it, is, is all of us, how do we recreate that freshness? How do we recreate that energy? How do we become creative again, you know, regenerate that energy? And it means different things for different people and at different times. It might mean taking a nap. It might mean taking a walk in the woods. It might mean chanting a couple extra rounds or reading some Bhagavatam or just calling a friend. Or it can mean different things for different people. So what Krishna says that's part of it is recreation. Sometimes we, we forget that. <clears throat> Okay, good. What are uh, some other things? Yes. Okay, good. Similar to what he mentioned in the back, when he mentioned that trying to see the situation as, as Krishna's mercy. Very good. Is that always easy to do? Who can help us see that? Devotees, right? One reason we need to associate devotees, they can help us remember that. And of course, Srila Prabhupada reading his books, and of course, our spiritual master's instructions, keeping us all that. Was there a hand here? Yes. When I'm Okay, that's a very practical one. Those of you in the back didn't get to hear that, I'll repeat it. It's very, very important. Get together with your friends and eat prashad. <laughs> That's very bona fide in many, many ways. Actually, um, when Prabhupada, when they were first on 26 Second Avenue, it's described. Prabhupada kept a like a big bowl near his desk. Do you remember what was in that big bowl? Golubjamins. Yeah, and devotees would come and see Prabhupada. He would give them a golubjaman to help help them uh, be enlivened and deal with whatever whatever they're dealing with. Okay, so I actually had that down here. Prashadam is a very important one, remembering Krishna. Um, when we talk about associating with devotees, is there anything in particular we're advised to do within that association? Yes, Boo. Reading scriptures. Okay, reading scriptures together. Very good. Good. What else? Inquire. Inquire. Inquire about the weather. Inquire about the... <laughs> What do we inquire about? 
Is there quality described in the scripture about our, our inquiries? Confidentially. Yeah. And, and revealing our mind in confidence. It's interesting those two words. Confidence and confidentiality. Confidence means trust. Right? Confidentiality means kind of like quiet, not revealing to the world. So trust depends upon that ability to remain confidential. It's, it's, it's a very, very important, very important thing. Okay, good. So very important for us to help us deal with the, with the, the stress, the difficulties. Because again, we're talking about guru tattva means that looking in terms of we've accepted a guru, we're disciples, and we're looking at some of the challenges that sometimes come. And here we're talking very general terms from the different stresses, from, from life, from <laughs> different relationships, different obligations we have. And how do we find shelter? How do we dress a sankirtan? Keep directly engaging in, in, in Sankirtan. We can say also other services, but Sankirtan in particular, but other services also, you know, give us that opportunity to feel connected with Krishna. Remembering that he's looking after us, that he's minimizing past reactions. Remember that he's our true friend, associating with devotees. Just giving ourselves a little space, pausing to reflect, take a little bit of time out. We need to address, maybe there's some bodily need or some need for just a little psychological space. Eating prashadam with friends, very important, and um, reading scriptures together, inquiring and revealing our minds and confidence, very, very important things. Anything else anybody wants to add to that list? Yes, Prabhu. Well, um, oh. Okay. Okay. I mean, that if we, you know, can really take shelter in our you know, really guard against, um, you know, letting the mind and the senses drive. Very good. And these stresses will, will be negative much. Very important. You said that with such conviction. I'm going to really take that to heart. That was very nice the way you spoke that. That's sadhana. Sadhana is very important. Taking shelter of our sadhana. Okay, good. Yes, Prabhu. Prabhu, what all this has helped me um, in this particular respect that we're talking about is there, uh, you know, I always think, is there a single living, living entity in the world that has no challenges or that is challenge-free? So am I special? That's one thing. And then when I see those people who are struggling with their challenges, see what I can help to minimize it, to share that. And and that goes back to what Prabhu said. Uh, uh, and, and and so when we conduct home programs or something like Bhakti Risha or something, then you know we connect in that mood that let me, you know, what I have received, something special let me share that with that person. Maybe it will help. So, so these are the two things that have always helped me in this. Yeah, very. I, that that was very nice the way you you said that. That sometimes we tend to get kind of focused on whatever pressures or stress we have. We forget. Others are also suffering, and it's difficult for everybody in this world. And then when we when we reach out to help others, 
oftentimes that actually alleviates the anxiety or the self sometimes we get a little self-absorbed I mean I struggle with that I think many of us do from time to time I've become so much thinking about my issues but your point is very nice that we actually reach out and try to care for others that alleviates our mind focusing on my particular difficulties or stresses or, or pressures like that very good, very good point yes gratitude very nice to, to, to try to evoke a sense of gratitude and be, be grateful and we, we do have a lot to be grateful for. I mean, you think about in the world today all the problems that people are facing. You know, I mean, we live in a you know relative, relatively very affluent country. We've got the mercy of Christian conscious devotees. We eat such wonderful prasadam. Um, you know, I mean, there's people in the world today that uh, you know they don't know who's going to be chasing them or attacking them or I mean I think I read was it today no, there's uh, 3 million refugees from Syria from Syria right now I think it's up to 3 million I mean there's so many places in the world things are so difficult so a sense of gratitude and certainly gratitude that we've got Prabhupada's mercy and Prabhupada sent his representatives to, to direct us and yeah they say that right the attitude of gratitude it's important yes Prabhu chanting Thank you. That should have been first, huh? Why does chanting help us? Why does it help you? Okay. 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 Good. There was one other hand back here, I think. We'll just take one more. Maybe here. He hasn't spoken yet. Could you hear that? Stress is also temporary. Oh, remembering that it's temporary. Okay, good. Good. So one way to get free from stress is remember whatever happiness you have will also go. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not what you meant. Yeah, good point. Remember, keep it in mind, it's, 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 it's so temporary. Anybody ever gone to bed at night and you think like the world's crashing in, you wake up in the morning, it's like it's a new day? <laughs> Isn't it? You know, this, the, the, everything here is, is tempering. Okay, good. Those are some, some very good points. We're going to do a little something now with some uh, paper and pencil. One thing just, uh, if you, and again, if you don't have some of you weren't here before, try to find somebody nearby with some paper or a pen or pencil just to t- take a couple notes on. Thank you. So here's, here's just a, a practical guideline. Just some practical tips, on, on especially um, for all of us. This is something that we talk about in the in the ISKCON leadership and management course. Um, sometimes part of the stress comes, as we mentioned before, because we're out of balance, and. Sometimes where that comes from is we, we kind of lose track of what our primary um, roles are in life. I don't know whose little microphone is there, but I'm going to pull this big one out for a minute and stand over here. Actually, let me use that one. So some of you may have seen this before. It's a very practical thing. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Um, 
We mentioned balance a couple times, like the ship. The ship sometimes get out of balance. Or the example that they gave, our household couple gave here, with the uh, ourselves that we're grounded, and we can be much more secure. Is it working, Prabhu? Hare Krishna. All right, I can just talk loudly. You can keep this Okay, so um, sometimes we feel stressed because you know I need to go to the temple and do my service. I need to go to the temple and do my service. I need to go to the temple and do my service. I need to go to the temple and do my service. Hare Krishna. There, a little better. That's good. Great. Um, but I have to go to I have to go to, to work. I have to go I have to go do my job. Or sometimes um, I need to spend time with my kids, but I have to finish my rounds, isn't it? Sometimes we feel those different things. So one thing that, that sometimes people analyze, people look at these things, they analyze, that all of us, in general we have like roughly about six major roles we choose to play in life. And sometimes we're not very conscious of those. And we may feel some stress or some pressure as devotees because we're not thinking about what these different roles are and we're not adequately addressing them. Okay? So I'll give an example. I'll just give an example myself and then we're all going to look at this. So don't do it yet, but just, just kind of watch. So let's say myself, like my six primary roles... Some people may be a little more, a little less, but generally let's say six. So I have a role. <clears throat> I am a disciple. That's a primary role in my life, to try to render some service to my spiritual master. I'm also a husband. That's a role that I have in life. Uh, I'm a GBC member. That's a role. I, I also I own a business. So that's an important role. I'm the Minister of Communications. That's an important role. And then I would probably put, I might put these together. I'm a father and a grandfather. Okay? <clears throat> so, uh, now a few years ago I would have put down here son, but my, my, my parents have both passed away. So, one, two, three, four, five. So those are kind of like my six primary roles in life. And sometimes what will happen is, if I get really caught up with my GBC responsibilities, then I don't spend as much time on my business. And what happens when you don't spend as much time on your business? What happens? If you have a business, you don't spend time on it. Does it flourish? No, it tends to go down. Okay? Or maybe sometimes, some, maybe we get so much caught up in our business, we don't spend enough time with our spouse. And then you walk in the door and your wife or husband goes, where have you been for the last two weeks? Or something very enduring like, nice to see you home for a change. <laughs> uh, you know, something, something. These are some of the subtle warning signs that Krishna sends us when we're out of balance. You know? Or again, maybe, you know, I spent too much time on communications and it's like, you know, 
Um, you think he maybe I'll see my grandkids at the high school graduation. That'll be good. They're only five right now. I think I can schedule that in. <laughs> so what I want you each to do is take take your paper and just think for a few minutes. What are the six? Some of you may have just four. Some of you may feel, geez, I really have seven or eight I'm committed to. But six is the average number. Primary roles, social roles that you have in life that you feel committed to. Not what I tell you you should do, what you feel committed to. Okay, we'll take a few minutes, write those down, and then we'll discuss a little bit. Okay, take about one more minute. Think about that. Remember, these are the primary social roles that you have chosen. These are important to you. It's kind of a sense, it's kind of a way of defining who you are in terms of relationship to other people. One tip, if your parents are still alive... Make sure you put that down, son or daughter. Okay. They remember you even if you don't remember them as much. Okay. Okay. Everybody wrote down the paper? Everybody has paper? No paper? Yes, paper. Okay, good. I always get confused, like if you're speaking to like a... Like an American-born audience, if you lead a seminar, when you say you're done, you wait for them to say like this. But then if it's an Indian-origin audience, you wait for them to say, you know, so you have to stop and go, oh yeah, that's yes, you know. It's like I met somebody on the stairs this morning. I was going up the stairs and I was thinking, because I travel some, it's like, okay, so if I'm in Russia, I go to the right, South, South Africa, I go to the left. If I'm in India, I stay in the left. If I'm in America, I go to, I was like, what country am I in? You know, I was like, how do I get at the staircase here? Okay, so look at your list again and just think about it for a minute. Is there any one of those roles, now that you've identified them, that maybe when you think about it, you feel a little tinge in your heart that I maybe should put a little more time into this one? Or I'd like to put a little more time into this one. Or sometimes I don't put enough time into this one. So put a little tick on your on your sheet or on your smartphone, however you're doing it. Next to one, if, if maybe if there's one or maybe there's a couple, you kind of feel like, boy, I probably should do a little something more in that role. To be in balance. I need to put a little more attention into that one to be in balance. So I'll give you just a minute to think about that. If you check more than four, see me after the seminar. Okay, so now, let me give you an example. Don't do this yet, but let's just say I had down here son, okay, which I did until just a few years ago. And maybe I checked off son. So the question is, is there some relatively small thing that I could do that's reasonable, it's within my power, 
It's not going to increase my stress. Some small thing, one, one or two steps that I can easily do to help bring this back into balance. For instance, sometimes I know as devotees, maybe we, we feel we, we need to. So it's, our, it's a spiritual obligation. Maybe sometimes we feel we're not balanced in our relationship with our parents. So parents generally kind of easy to solve. Like what, what's, what's an easy thing somebody can do in relationship with, say, their mother that would help balance that relationship if I feel I'm not putting enough time into it? What's a simple thing you can do? Raise your hand if you've got a telephone. Keep your hand up if your mother's got a telephone. Keep your hand up if your mother likes to hear from you on the telephone. Right? Now, I won't put the real pressure on, but most of us, mom's happy to get a 10-minute call. She's got a life, too. She doesn't want to talk for an hour and a half. Besides, all you talk about is Krishna. She doesn't want to hear about that much. Right? Right? But, you know, as an example, once a week, twice a month, phone call for 10-15 minutes to our mother or father, sometimes is all it takes to get that back into gear. And for instance, sometimes we may think, well, you know, I, I need to spend a little more time with my kids or my husband. The Mormons have a nice thing. I don't know how many of you have Mormon friends. They actually have one night a week. I think it varies, or it's usually Thursday or something. It's like they call it something like family home night. And they're just committed. Everybody's at home one night a week. You can't work late. The kids can't be with their friends. The wife's not at her social club, or you're not volunteering in the temple tonight. That's the family night. And they spend two or three hours, whatever it is, seven to nine o'clock, doing some family stuff. Now, maybe it's going to the temple together if they're actually together, or some kind of devotional service, or just spending some time together. That's the way they, they do it to bring these things together. So, looking on your list individually, just take a couple minutes, look, whatever those roles you checked, think about it. What's one or two reasonable things I can do? You know, if, like if I had a check by, by mother, I'm not going to write down, well, I could spend six months on a retreat with her in Vrindavan. Not going to happen. You know, not going to happen. Or, or I can just, I'll just cancel a work next week and go visit. Not going to happen. So something, whatever you checked off, some reasonable thing that you could do to help balance that, that, that role you have. Put, put a little more time into everybody. Think about it alone and write, write some practical steps down at the bottom. And I'll leave you with a thought also in Bhaktanot Thakur related to this. He said progress is a gradual series of adjustments moving in the right direction. So it doesn't have to be some huge solution overnight to get your life totally in balance. But what's a small step you can take for that particular role you checked off? I'll give you two minutes to write something down. Something practical that you think you might even be able to commit to. Nothing like the peace of the country, is it? I think they arranged that for those of you who are here from New York so you don't feel too much separation. (laughs) It's about another half a minute to jot some things down. 
Make sure they're reasonable. Don't think of something too difficult. Some of you are still running. It's good. Take a little more time. Okay, now turn to somebody sitting next to you and uh, share with them. These are my six roles. These are the one or two that needed help. And this is what I would like to do to improve that situation. Okay, just, just turn in twos. Somebody sitting next to you and... Um, and share with them, okay? Okay. Hare Krishna. Shita Prabhupada Ki. So, real briefly, um, anybody want to, without... Anybody being uncomfortable? Somebody want to share something you decided you're going to do to help improve a balance in your life, one of your roles? Any volunteers? Yes. Can it write to your spiritual master? Good. To enhance that relationship because sometimes we feel I'm not putting enough attention into my relationship with my guru. Very good. How often are you going to write to him? Once a year. Once a year. Is that sufficient? You feel that's appropriate? It's a good start. Okay, okay, good. Good. Would it help if you maybe decided now when you're going to do that so it doesn't turn into three years from now? Okay, good. Sometimes the more specific we can be, the better. Okay, very good. Yes? Spending. Spending 10 minutes at least a day with my kids and you said keep it simple and also be specific like whether it's in the morning or evening or is it like before dinner or after dinner those questions you asked so those were good inputs so it's like a specific time at a before a specific uh, dinner event or something like that so that helps and the second thing I had was as a disciple I can recall with gratitude all that's being done by by Guru Maharaj. It doesn't take much, but at least through in a 24-hour time frame, I can just spend a few minutes every day thinking about that with gratitude, and it's going to help me a lot. Good. Might even help to have like a certain time of day. You say I'm just gonna spend three minutes afternoon Gayatri or something, and just think about. It. Okay, good. Somebody else, one ladies. Improve my relationship with my parents by calling them regularly, which I don't do. And also as a mentor to respond to emails and phone calls <laughs> promptly. <laughs> yeah. I can't comment on responding to emails. I'm standing from the deities. The deities will know I'm lying. I say anything about that. But so, how often with your parents? And what do you? What would you like to do? Okay. Which day of the week?
Saturday. What time of day? Nine o'clock, morning or evening? Morning. Okay, so you can do that every week? Yes. Would that make your parents happy? Yeah. Would that make you feel better? Yes. Feel a little out of balance right now because in the back of your mind I should be calling them? Okay. Okay. So you can start this week. Okay, good. And why do it? It's not just an exercise like they say in futility because, as we talked about, we sometimes feel stress in the back of our mind. Geez, I really need to call my mother. I need to, I feel bad about not taking time with my kids or, so these are things to help us. So we'll feel more balanced to achieve all the different things we need to do, spiritual and secular things. Anybody else want to volunteer something you decided to do to help put balance in your life? I still live at home with my mom, but I'd like to learn to cook from her as a means of like... Just, just so you know, whatever eligibility rate you are seeing in the feminine community, by saying one, you want to spend more time with your mom, and two, you want to cook, you just raised your eligibility rate. It's going to be on Facebook tomorrow. I can, I can see maybe before midnight. So, yeah. So that's that's nice. So that's a way you can spend time with your mother. Something she would appreciate. And learn a skill too. That's very good. That's very good. One other. Any one of the other ladies want to mention something? Well, let me ask this. Let me just ask you in general. Just going through the simple process. Any thoughts on this? Just. Was it interesting? Did it open any new ways of looking at things? Did you find it helpful? Any thoughts on that? You want to say? She's nodding her head, which I think means yes. These days I was just thinking of what I should do, but this made me realize what I was not doing, and now this is a good time for me to implement what I wasn't doing all these days. Exactly like points which I was missing, and which I should strictly follow from now on. As a wife, I need to spend more time with my husband. Uh, then even at home, I need to take care of the things which I wasn't doing, which I was not able to do because of all the other things which I had, job and new job, exactly, to be frank. So, yeah, it was a good job. <laughs> One thing, if, if maybe take another minute. If you wrote down something like, spend more time with my husband, not going to happen. <laughs> Because that's what you've been thinking about for the last year and a half or five years in, in anxiety. I should be doing this. I'm giving her another minute. Go back, look at your list. And whatever you put there, it needs to be something specific. In other words, if we say, okay, I'm going I'm to uh, do more things for my guru. 
Well, that we've been saying that since the day we got initiated. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, we know that's a general. But what's the specific thing? If I put a check by this and I need to work on this, what's a specific thing I can do? Like your example was nice. Maybe you know, write every so often, send an email. Maybe it might be something like, um, I'm going to listen to one lecture a week. You know, most of the gurus have some method, but you can get a lecture, some of their writings. So I'm going to do that if you're not. Just an example. Once a week, I'm going to listen to a lecture by my spiritual master. Or I'm going to make sure that I attend such and such a festival once a year that he's usually there. You know, something practical like that. Or with my, as with my husband, okay. I'm going to talk to him and every two weeks we're going to take Saturday afternoon for four hours and spend some time together. So look at your list again and make it a little more practical. And Krishna's watching you. Okay, so take one more minute. If your list isn't so practical, make it a little more practical. Practical also means measurable. Like I should be able to come to your house and say, did you do that? Or are you doing that? Okay, you should be able to go back and see whether you did it or not. Again, remember the whole idea is just to keep us in balance. Okay, Uh, we just have about ten minutes left. One thing I just mentioned, many of you have seen this concept before. They talk about when we're trying to bring about some change in our life or we're taking on so many different responsibilities. You're Vaishnavas, you still have homes. Many of you have spouses. Many of you have have, have jobs. You have so many different obligations. So sometimes we may feel a little overwhelmed by the responsibilities of the obligations we talked about balancing another thing they, they talk about is, is is the idea of comfort zone, stretch zone and panic zone when we're trying to get through our lives often we may find we kind of settle into a comfort zone I'm comfortable with the level of energy I put into my sadhana or I'm comfortable with the amount of energy I put into my my job or I'm comfortable with the energy I put into some relationship and if we feel it needs some work that means we have to stretch a little bit we have to put a little energy into it these days a lot of devotees teach yoga classes right when you go to yoga class you don't expect to feel comfortable is it they're gonna stretch you a little bit now if they stretch you too much then you go into the what panic zone Right? We don't want to get into the panic zone. That's what trying to. We want to get out of the panic zone. We want to be in a stretch zone. It's like with exercise, right? If it, sometimes they say it should hurt a little bit, but shouldn't hurt too much. So that's the, the basic idea there. Okay. Some questions or so. We got about five, ten minutes left. Any any questions at all? What we talked about this afternoon or or this this morning or yes, Prabhu. Well, see there, I mean, okay, how do we specifically prioritize? Part of it's just, it starts off, it just recognizing these are, I, these are my priorities. 
You know, we shouldn't put anything on this list that somebody else assigns us. These are what I want to make a priority. And at different times of life, some different days of the week, different days of the month, some of these will naturally take priority. Like if you've got a job, Monday morning for most of us, 9 o'clock, the job takes priority. It just has to do that. But the problem is that the job starts taking too much priority, too much attention. We don't put time into these other relationships. So it's going to be different for everybody. The question is, where do I feel something's lacking, something's missing, something's off balance? And then what are the practical adjustments that I can do? And that's, that's really kind of an individual choice. I mean, I'll give an example. The other night, I just said my wife was someplace, and I just said, I haven't seen my grandchildren in about, you know, six or eight weeks, which is way too long. So I just said, forget it. You know, I got my list, and then I've got the list I made last week and the list of to-do I made the week before that. They all just kind of pile up sometimes. I just said, okay, forget it. Then I called my daughter-in-law. I said, what are the kids doing? Can they come to my house tonight? And I just went and picked them up and spent the evening and the morning with my three grandchildren. They just hadn't done it. It was like, okay, forget it. It needs to be done. So I'm doing it. You know, and in the, and meanwhile put the anxiety off on everything else that I should be doing because this one needs more attention right now. Those kind of things. You know, sometimes it's a fact. Sometimes if you have a job, you've got a boss, they tell you once in a while, you need to work Saturday. Sometimes you have to do that. and But as long as you've made sure that there's some balance in the others, it's not as big of a problem. Okay, but again, part of it, we're looking at this in the context that, you know, on top of all these other things that most people have in the world, some form of that, we're also devotees. So as devotees, we get this added stress. If you initiate, you're going to chant 16 rounds, we've got to go to the temple sometimes, we've got to do service, we've got to try to preach. Sometimes it becomes a little overwhelming. So the point is, to know Takur, that we shouldn't think... You know, I'm going to eliminate the material side of my life and only have the spiritual side, and that's success. That's not what he said. There needs to be a balance there. We can balance. And one way of doing that is to have an, a thoughtful process about what are the different roles I play and making sure I spend enough time on some of those. I mean, maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day with the kids may be great. The boss is not going to be happy with 15 or 20 minutes a day. So, you know, you got to live in the real world. World. But, you know, the kids, you spend more than 15 minutes a day with your kids, they might say, you know, Dad, come on, I know you took that class and they said spend time with us, but, you know, can we go talk to our friends now, please, please. So, you know, you know, you, you, you've, it's necessary, everybody's happy. You have to be practical. Okay. Uh, any other questions or comments? Comment? Yes, Prabhu. Their balance 
on other fronts. So how do how do how do we deal with that? Everybody repeat after me. No. Oh. to say that to everything. You know, sometimes the boss, you've got to say, you know, boss, you know, you, you know, this is the weekend. My daughter's graduating from college and this has been planned a year and a half ago and I know you asked me to work late. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Here's what I can do. I'll come in next week and work late Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but no, I can't do this. So, I mean, sometimes we have to just do that. Same things. I mean, you know, Makunda Mirage, Talking to Prabhupada. How many rounds should we chant? 64. Oh, I don't think we can do that. I mean, Prabhupada adjusted to 16 rounds according to what people can handle. So the same thing. We want to be doing more. We want to be in the stretch zone. We don't want to be lazy. We don't want to just be comfortable. We don't want to be sitting. But we have to think what's the long term. We have to push ourselves. You don't just stay in one place. But sometimes it's described, Krishna consciousness is like running a 25-mile run. It's not just who runs the fastest for the first 100 yards. You know, Rabindas Rupa, who talked today about Prabhupada, was not such a you know, visibly important leader in the Gaudiya Mat. But in the long run, he did so much more than anybody else did. But it wasn't that he just waited. You know, waited. He was always doing things according to his capacity. And then Krishna just made so many wonderful arrangements because of Prabhupada's intense desire to do service. So sometimes you have to say no, which is not that we, we can't do that. But what's the motivation? Is the motivation because I really know this is what's necessary? I mean, well, I remember when I was a book distributor and it was kind of, you know, it's 6.30 in the morning. It's not the best time to take a nap, but we're going to go out in an hour and a half. And I'm tired. If I don't do this now, I'm going to suffer. My book distribution is going to suffer. So it's like, okay, i got to do this for me to serve Krishna. So, you know, that's part of what Prophet said. Our movement's made to create independently thoughtful men and women. So, you know, we have to become mature and learn how to make these kind of decisions. Is that okay? Thank you. You know, in a humble mood, and if somebody's, it's an emergency, it's a crisis, sometimes, okay, we've got to do what we need to do. And we do know there's a tendency, sometimes people, as I mentioned this morning, they get initiated and then, you know, you don't see them again. You know, or they, they, they come, you know, Guru Maharaj is in town for three days, and you know, they're in front. It's me, Guru Maharaj, right? And then, you know, Monday morning, it's like, you know, where are they? Well, they're gone for another year. So, I mean, that's the extreme. But on the other hand, I mean, it, 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 it's a long, I mean, and, and you know, look, I've got obligations at work. I've got obligations with my family. And, you know, in practical things, talk to the authorities. Say, you know, let me know ahead of time what the needs are. I'll try to schedule in. But I'm, I'm not a brahmachari. Or I'm not a person living in a temple ashram. I have other obligations and I have other authorities that I have to balance those things. And that's okay. It's okay to balance those. It's not only okay, it's necessary. But be careful it's not just because we're sitting in the comfort zone. Okay? Okay, thank you all very much. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.